You are listening to the weekly podcast from Journey Christian Church. For more information about Journey, please check out our website at journeychristian.com. We are a community of fully devoted disciples of Jesus who reach out to love our neighbors, serve the hurting, and develop leaders for ministry. So this Sunday, what I want to do is I want to do something that we'll probably do uh, throughout uh, my time here, the beginning of every year. It's kind of a vision Sunday. Cast vision on what could be and what should be and what we're praying for and towards in the life of our church and how it might impact you. So it's going to be vision Sunday. If this is your first time here, I still think it would be great for you to lean in and just kind of hear what we're all about as you're kind of kicking the tires of, of journey. And so what we did in the month of January is we did a series called Hidden Treasure, where we really explored for three weeks, uh, what does it mean to really lean into prayer? And we had a 21-day prayer challenge that we finished. Now, some of you, you haven't finished a 21-day prayer challenge, and that's okay. I cannot tell you how many times I did a 21-day prayer challenge that lasted 90 days. (laughs) And it wasn't because I was really spiritual. Okay. I can't tell you how many times I've done a 30 day Bible reading plan that lasted six months. So wherever you're at, it's okay. Just keep going. You're in good company. Okay. Just take one day at a time. It's okay. But we, we did this prayer series and here's the question I I posed to all of us today is this, what happens after we say, amen, we, we spent 21 days in prayer. We prayed and then we said in Jesus name, amen. And at that point, we let God do what he could only do, but he also expects us to go and do something. The question is, what is that something? After we say amen, what do we do next? You see, Jesus already answered it. That's why I love the word of God. I love the Bible. He answered it with this. He told the disciples, his, his friends that he was developing and mentoring and coaching. He said this, he said, all authority, in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make what? Disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Here's what I love about this. This is Jesus, uh, his last words to the disciples. It was after his death, burial, and resurrection. So Jesus had already been tortured. He already been crucified. He was in the tomb. He conquered the tomb and he was shown to witnesses. Some of the witnesses were the disciples and the last things he told the disciples, it's called the great commission. And it literally is the greatest marching orders our world has ever known. And because of those marching orders and the power and then the obedience of the disciples, they created the greatest movement our world has ever known based on the name and fame of Jesus. It's called the Great Commission. You see, every church or most churches believe in the Great Commission, but they all have different ways and forms and expressions of how they flesh that out. I don't think one's right or wrong. I don't think ours is better or worse, but every unique church has a unique calling and how they're going to go about it. Our unique calling, how we're going to flesh out the Great Commission is in our vision statement. And it's this, Journey Christian Church is a community of fully devoted what? Disciples of Jesus who reach out to love our neighbors, serve the hurting and develop leaders for ministry. Listen, this is not just something we came up with out of, out of the air. This is something that we saw in the life and teachings of Jesus. I'll walk you through each one. Jesus reached out to love the disciples. Like he walked by them and he said, hey, Matthew, come follow me. Hey, 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 Peter, come follow me. He reached out to love the disciples. He served the hurting with the disciples. He developed the disciples for ministry. 
You see, Jesus modeled reach, serve, develop way more than we ever came up with it. So the first thing I want to do is talk about reach out to love your neighbors. If you have your Bible, you turn to Mark chapter two. Mark's in the New Testament. If you don't have a Bible, there's a Bible in the seat back in front of you, or you can download the Journey Christian app, or you could uh, join us on the screen, or you could fall asleep. Do whatever you want to do, okay? It's a free country, okay? Do whatever you want, okay? Mark chapter two, okay? There's a story about these five guys. Now, now, when I hear the, the, the idea of five guys coming together, I immediately think of the burger place, right? Now, listen, I did some research, and I cannot confirm nor deny that the restaurant is based off of these five guys. I don't know. But in my head, I think it might be. So five guys, they're in this scenario. They're in this scene. They're hanging out. And four of the guys have this idea because one of the guys in their group is struggling. You see, one of the guys is paralyzed. And he's on a mat. And so the four guys come up with an idea. And, and I'm, I'm going to kind of paraphrase. This is Dustin's version. And I don't know exactly how it, the conversation came about. But I don't know how your friend circles work. But there's always, there's always one crazy friend. You, you know what I'm talking about? Listen, if you don't know about the crazy friend in your group, it's you. It's you. <laughs> Listen, like, like they talk about it. Everybody knows it. Like you don't need to elbow anywhere. Like, and there's this one guy, I'm going to just call him Fred. Cause we don't know his name. And I don't know his name in the Bible. And Fred's like, Hey, listen, I, I, I have an idea. And like, not again, Fred, Fred. No, no, no. I don't even, we don't even want to hear it, Fred. And they're like, look, I got an idea. You see, Jesus was in town. And at this point in Jesus' ministry, he was gaining a lot of attention. So he, he, he was getting, a, his reputation was going out and people were starting to know him as a healer, know him as somebody that was not only the son of God, but that they were for them. And so at this time he had a lot of popularity. So they said, Hey, listen, let's, let's take our buddy and let's, let's go and introduce him to Jesus. First of all, the question is, we're going to answer this in a minute. Why? on earth would anybody think that the son of God would, have, would want anything to do with a paralyzed man? You see the reputation of the compassionate God's already out there. And I love that. And so Fred comes up with this idea. They're like, hey, we can't eat Fred. We can't, we can't get a ticket. Like that, the house is packed. We can't even get in. You know this, Fred. The house is right there. It's packed. We can't get in. And Fred's like, I know, I know, I know. Just hear me. What if we pick him up? I know he's heavy. I know he's dead weight. What if we pick him up? We climb on top of the roof. And at this point, they're like, Fred. <laughs> like, it's, it's not January. We haven't been working out. It's November. We're out of shape. Like, I don't know. And like, okay, Fred, what do we do after we get on the roof? Then what we're going to do is we're going to break the ceiling. We're going to break the roof without somehow killing the son of God in the process. <laughs> And then we're going to lower our buddy in front of Jesus and just see what happens. Like, like there's no guarantees that this is going to work. And then we pick up in verse five. It says this. When Jesus saw their faith, you know the difference between their and his? It's, it's, it's this. Okay? So... The, the friends, the four friends, they're up there and they lower their friend in front of Jesus. If Jesus was talking to him, he said, because of your faith, but he doesn't say that. He looks up because of their faith. 
So you got to understand that. He said to the paralyzed man, your son, son, your sins are forgiven. Pastor, are you telling me that my faith can heal my friend, my neighbor, my coworker? No, I would never say that. Jesus is. The word of God is. Your faith has more power than you could ever realize. Son, your sins are forgiven. Now, some of the teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? This fellow, like they don't even have respect. He's blaspheming uh, who, who, and saying, uh, who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this is what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven or, or to say, get up, take up your mat and walk. But I want you to know the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take up your mat and go home. He got up, took his mat, walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone. And they praised God saying, we have never seen anything like this. Listen, if Jesus was cool with a little B and E for people to introduce them to Jesus. Some of you don't know what I mean by B and E. B and E means breaking and entering. Okay. If Jesus was good with a little B and E so that people could introduce their friends to Jesus, I think it's okay that we have some inflatables and have a Super Bowl party next week. Okay. Now, some of you, listen, some of you, I need to really clarify. Some of you think based on what I just said, you don't understand humor. You don't get that. It was a joke. You cannot justify an actual B and E in the name of Jesus. Okay. Do not break into anything. We have rules. We have laws. You don't understand their context. It was not an actual B and E. It's just a joke. Relax. Okay. Don't sin and blame me. Here's the conversation that I want you to catch. This is the church, 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 church. This is important. If we're going to see revival. Okay, this next part, I don't know if you caught the conversation. Jesus just did a miracle. Jesus just did a miracle and everybody was celebrating except one group of people. There was a group of people that was murmuring because they, had take, they have taken God and put God in a box and said, God, in order for you to move, you got to move like this. You see, they had a sacred cow that they didn't know was a sacred cow. Their sacred cow and their gripping of the sacred cow led to them missing the miracles of Jesus. Do you understand that? And what we can do, what so many churches have done in the past all around the world is they have clenched to their own sacred cow, not the sacred scriptures, not the sacred God, their own sacred cow and preferences, and they have missed the move of God. And church, I don't want to miss the move of God. Here's what I know. We've been praying and preparing for revival and everything I've done to study revival. I've never seen revival happen the same way twice ever, which means I can't predict how God's going to move. I can't predict what he's going to do. Our only response to pray and prepare for revival is to have open hands, open heart. The Bible calls that surrender. The way that we acknowledge our surrendering to God is by calling him Lord. That's what it means. God, you are Lord. I do whatever you say. It's all you. You don't, need to, you don't need to put a service together with my preferences. The service times don't have to be when they're convenient to me. Everything that the church doesn't need to look like it's convenient to me. I just want to see a miracle and we're willing to do whatever it takes to introduce people to Jesus. Why? Because I love what Andy Stanley says. He says this, following Jesus will make your life better and it'll make you better 
at life. I love that. Following Jesus will make your life better and make you better at life. Why, why are we going to do this? Last week, so grateful for my buddy, Pastor Kevin Queen, to come and, and teach. He was so grateful to meet you, and I know it was good for y'all to meet him. And he just, didn't he give a great word last week? Wasn't that good? Just so grateful for him. One of the things that he talked about, he said, revival is when up there comes down here. Remember that? Revival is when up there comes down here. Well, you know what they're doing up there? They're partying. So here's my question. Are you okay with being a party in church? Some of you, like, like I've met you, you're not, but that's okay. That's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Listen, there's, there's a world on the outside looking in, and they are, they are seeing if there's joy and hope and kindness and acceptance. And that's how they determine if they're going to come. Because when you get up there to come down here, guess what they're doing up there? They're partying. Do you know that? Like, you're like, well, where do you get that? I get that from Luke, Luke 15, seven. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not repent. There is a party going on in heaven right now. And it's not the way you and I think about parties. It's not based on us. It's based on the name and fame of Jesus. It's his name that's on the banner. And everybody in heaven is rejoicing over the name of Jesus. There is a party in heaven. And here's what I believe. I believe there's a party in heaven. I believe everyone's invited and the party starts now. Listen, the, the joy of following Jesus doesn't just start when we die. It starts right now. There is peace that passes under. There is joy. There is grace. There is mercy. There is kindness that we get on both sides of eternity. And we went up there to come down here. I've said something before and some people consider it kind of a hot take. I don't mean it for it to be a hot take. I'm not an edgy person, but I, I believe this. I'll do anything short of sin to introduce somebody to Jesus. And I've said that before and I've seen people go, whoa, did you just say, no, don't listen to what I didn't say. I didn't say I'll sin. I'm not even going to do a B and E for Jesus. Like I'm not, I'm not going to sin. I'm not going to flirt with sin, but I'm going to do anything short of sin to introduce people to Jesus. Why? Because Jesus is the greatest hope our world has. Like, like, do we get that? Like Jesus is the greatest. I can't tell you who I'd be without Jesus. I can't tell you. And I'm so glad that somebody, even when it was inconvenient, lifted me up and broke a ceiling to introduce Dustin to Jesus. This knucklehead person took a chance. It wasn't always easy. wasn't always convenient, but they said, we're going to do anything short of sin to get this knucklehead in front of Jesus. And it's changed my life. It's changed my family. It's changed how I sleep. It's changed how I breathe. Jesus is the greatest thing in my life. And that's why next week we're going to have something called Super Bowl Sunday. So you have a ticket here. My dad came to the last service and I just apologize. He was trying to sell these in the atrium. I, I wish I was making that up. He's walking around. I got three $50 a piece. I'll give them to you three for a hundred. That's what he's telling people. So, so one security, David Agard. Okay. 
two, don't take this to the Super Bowl. Do not buy these from somebody, okay? This ticket's actually not for you. This is for somebody that you know. This is for a neighbor, a coworker, a friend, family member. And this is what I'm gonna challenge you to do. Next weekend, would you please bring somebody with you? So there's two different levels. You can invite somebody, but then I'm gonna challenge you, would you bring somebody? So at the 8.30 service uh, here at Apopka, it was incredible. We had 400 missionaries come to that service, and they only did it for one reason. They did it to free up seats at the other services so that we can invite people to fill the seats. Not just with bodies, we're not interested in a, in a big gathering, but we're asking God to fill hearts, minds, and souls. And so would you prayerfully consider as you go, when you take this with you, say, all right, Lord, would you direct me? I know one of our staff members, we had a, a UPS delivery and they struck up a conversation and sure enough, that person likes football. And so they ended up talking and now that UPS delivery person is coming to Super Bowl Sunday. Isn't that cool? So you never know how God's gonna use you, but that's one of the ways we wanna reach out to love our neighbor. We're gonna do whatever it takes. Next weekend, we're gonna have inflatables. Uh, feel free to wear your favorite Miami Dolphin jersey. I know you got a ton, whatever, whatever. It could be home or away jersey. It doesn't matter. I'm not, you know, whatever era. So pick, literally you can wear your, your favorite jersey of any kind or, or don't show up however you want, but it's just gonna be a great opportunity. Our service won't change. We're gonna point people to Jesus but it's gonna be a great, easy invite to introduce people to the hope of Christ. Second thing we wanna do is we wanna serve the hurting. So as I read Mark 2, I think, why in the world, like why would people think that if they just introduced their friend to Jesus, something would change? Because that's not normal for that culture and it's not normal for our culture. People that have clout, people that are big dogs, they don't wanna deal with the small dogs. But Jesus already had a reputation that said, come to me. Why? Because he cared about the broken, the hurting, and the marginalized. And because Jesus cared about the broken, the hurting, and the marginalized, so will we. Jesus says this in Luke chapter four. He says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind and to set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. I heard someone once say, if the gospel isn't good news to the poor, then it's not the gospel. We are a church that has been and will continue to serve the hurting. That's just who we are. And I love that about you. I love that about you. Here's the only problem. Not everybody wears their pain on their sleeve. I heard someone once say that if you treated everyone like they were going through a hard time, nine out of 10 times, you'd be right. The band R.E.M., they were right. Everybody hurts. Everybody hurts. Everybody's pain looks different. Seasons are different. But I know that everybody's struggling with something. Maybe there's someone here and you just have a lot of tension with your boss and you're like, man, I can get fired any day. Or maybe you work in an industry and you're like, man, they just keep making layoffs and I don't know what to do. And there's, there's some real tension and pain. Or maybe you have conflict with a family member, or maybe recently you or someone you love has been diagnosed with some terrible health news, or maybe there's some challenges in your marriage, or maybe in your finances, or maybe your vehicle keeps breaking down and it just seems like a money pit, money pit and you're like, man, I, there's just, the, the, the pain of living this life sometimes can be overwhelming, am I right? Like, listen, I'm human, I, I, have, I get all the same things that you're going through. Like, I understand that sometimes it can be hard. 
And what we want to do is serve the hurting. And the hurting is not always the people that we think are hurting. A lot of times it's our neighbor. A lot of times it's the person in our row. And what we want to do is we want to do anything and everything to serve the hurting. So one of the things that we've introduced uh, that we talked a lot about in the last series is what we call amateur hour. Every Wednesday at 11, we gather in here and we pray. And that's been awesome. We've been praying for you, Lake County online, everybody here. We pray over the seats, the people, the families. But one of the things that we've noticed is people that are starting to come is they're coming that are hurting. And people are coming and saying, listen, my marriage is about to, to end. They're like, hey, would you pray for my son or my daughter? I don't know what to do with them anymore. Some of them are like, man, we just got diagnosed with some horrible news. Can you pray over us? And so what we've been doing literally right here is coming together and laying hands and praying for the the hurting and the broken to make sure that's our first step. It's not our last step, but it's our first step. Another thing we want to do, and these are starting this week and next couple weeks is we have support groups. We have divorce care. We have grief share. We have journey to Christian recovery, single and parenting, Alzheimer and dementia support groups. We have a variety of groups because life is hard enough. We don't want you to go through your valley alone. Listen, do not go through your valley alone. We have incredible teams, incredible leaders, incredible coaches that want to come alongside you in the midst of some of your hardest, most difficult days. And let's see what God can do when we do this together. And those are starting this week over the next couple of weeks. One of the things I'm excited to announce that uh, just came about recently is we now are offering on-site Christ, licensed Christian counseling. So one of the ways we want to serve the hurting is get online or in-person Christian counseling. And so right now we have them coming uh, a couple of days a week and, and man, it's been incredible. It breaks my heart when so many of you would say, hey, do you have a counselor? You'd say, yes, if you just go over to there. That, but now we don't want to say go to that place because a lot of places are packed. Say, no, you come right here. And if you need to make an appointment, you could just call the church office and set up an appointment. Love to be able to serve you in that way. Another way that we want to come across and, and serve the hurting is we're offering Financial Peace University. Maybe you've never heard of Financial Peace University. Financial Peace University literally changed my life in my 20s. I cannot, tell, I cannot speak enough about FPU. Okay, and, and listen, some of you are like, well, I don't have financial challenges. This is not for people with just financial challenges. Yes, it will help you learn how to get out of debt, but this will help you learn how to save and also know how to invest and create margin and wise decisions every step of the way. And so maybe you're like, man, I got margin, but I don't know what to do with it. Come to FPU, we'd love to be able to help you. What are the biblical principles that you can do to help create healthy, healthy safeguards in your finances? That starts in, uh, in March as well, here coming up. Another thing you heard on the screen was uh, Serve Day. Serve Day is one of the most exciting things that, man, I just love Serve Day. So many of you, you bring your family, you bring your neighborhood, it's a block party, and we just gather and we just go and serve the community. We serve the elderly, we, see, we serve single parents, widows. We, we want to go to schools and first responders and, and, and to teachers, and we want to love them. We want to serve the hurting. And some of you are like, how is serving the hurting, what does that mean, teachers? Like, if you don't think serving the hurting includes teachers, go talk to a teacher. <laughs> Listen, our teachers need our prayers. They have to deal with a knucklehead teenager like me, so I know what. <laughs> we want to come along and serve the hurting. It's a great opportunity, and so that's going to be coming up. I'd love for you to, to sign up for, for Serve Day and all of those things that we just mentioned on how to serve the hurting, they're all on our website. You go to journeychristian.com. You can sign up for those, get more information. Point is, is we want to allocate our resources 
to be able to walk with and serve the hurting in every possible way that we can. So we wanna reach out to love our neighbor. We wanna serve the hurting. The last thing we wanna do is develop leaders for ministry. Develop leaders for ministry. Let me ask you this question. Do you know how many leaders are at Journey Christian Church? Some of you, you might think maybe there's dozens because you think leader, you think staff. Some of you are like maybe a hundred because you think leader, you think somebody that's got a shirt on. Let me tell you how many leaders are at Journey. Thousands, literally thousands, because I believe that every Christian, if they follow Jesus, is a leader. You know that every Christian has a spiritual gift. Did you know that? And when you use that spiritual gift, you know what that makes you? A leader. Like, why did God give you a spiritual gift if he doesn't want you to use it? And when you use that, you're exercising your leadership capacity. The greatest leader to ever walk our planet, his name is Jesus. He created the greatest leadership development program ever. It's called the Disciples. The greatest leadership development charge ever. It's the Great Commission. So if you and I follow Jesus long enough, we cannot avoid leadership. One of the reasons why I'm passionate about leadership is because we come to church because we want to become more like Christ. We want to worship Jesus. We want to grow towards spiritual maturity. Like that is exciting. Let me just tell you how you can actually fast track your spiritual growth. I promise. Put this to the test. I promise you. If you want to fast track, you can't fast track a lot. If you want to fast track your spiritual growth, become a spiritual leader. I promise you. I promise you, if you become a spiritual leader, it'll fast track your growth. You're like, well, what does that mean? Well, if you come to church every single week and you just kind of come and leave, come and leave, you will grow incrementally and we hope that you do. But if you go from that to actually becoming a small group leader, I promise you, your prayer life is gonna skyrocket. You're gonna be like, I have no idea what to do on Tuesday nights. Lord, would you please help me? I'm somehow a leader. I got all these people. Literally, your prayer life will increase. Your faith will increase. Why? Because what you're doing is you're being like Peter and you are stepping out of a boat and you are beginning to walk on water. And when you step out of a boat, God takes you to new depths. And some of us are trying to go to spiritual maturity while in the boat. And that's just not how it works. God takes us out of our comfort zone. That's why I think serving and leadership always will help you grow spiritually. We don't talk about leadership and serving opportunities because it's what we need. We talk about it because it's what you need. It's how we grow towards him. It's how we grow in spiritual maturity. Every single one of us are a spiritual leader in some area, whether you know it or not. You're a spiritual leader of your home. Some of you are the spiritual leader of your office. Some of you are the spiritual leader of your bus and your bus route. Some of you are the spiritual leader on the basketball court or, or on the stage because you're some sort of performer, either an, an actress or maybe you're in the band. Some of you, you're a parent and you're, you're the spiritual leader of the bleachers. And let me tell you, that's a very real place because when you sit there for three hours, three times a week, God has given you influence on that place. And so what we want to do, because you are a spiritual leader, is we want to come around, we want to encourage you, we want to equip you, and we want to empower you to do the ministry. That's our job, according to Ephesians 4, is to encourage, equip, and empower you to go do ministry in the gym, the school, the workplace. So one of the ways that we're going to do that is Journey University, which is coming this fall. Coming fall 2023, Journey University. Journey University is not an accredited university. It's more of an in-house language. What we're going to do is we're going to offer four, uh, four weeks at a time specific courses. And I want you to imagine Journey University being an airplane that's got two wings, on one wing, it's going to have what we're going to teach is what's called spiritual intensity. So one four-week course might be spiritual intensity might be, we're going to talk about four weeks on prayer. 
And it might look a lot like something that we just came out of in Hidden Treasures. So we'll talk four weeks on the prayer life of a, of a spiritual leader. The other one is going to be biblical leadership principles. So for example, we've already written this. It's in queue. It's ready. We're going to teach you how do you actually win at work, where it will be. If you follow these four-week exercises, you're almost guaranteed to get a promotion. Because what we're going to do is through the biblical resources, teach you how do you win with your supervisor? How do you honor them? How do you work for them? How do you show up just like Joseph and get favor? And then we're going to talk, how do you win with your co workers, your peers. And then after that, how do you steward the leadership and the power you've been given for those that you lead? And so what we want to do is give both biblical leadership insight as well as spiritual intensity. So that's going to come in, uh, in the fall of 2023 because we want to develop you because you are a leader, whether you know it or not. So our heart is to develop leaders for ministry. The next thing we want to do is uh, create a resource center, which is going to be coming later on this year as well. It's going to be at Apopka. It's going to be in Lake County and we're coming for you online. And so all three campuses, um, you're like, man, what's a resource center? Well, if we are going to equip leaders for ministry, how are you going to equip them? Through resources. So give you an example. We might have in the resource center, a 21 days of prayer, prayer guide, because Many of us just did that in January, but guess what? We're going to reach more people in March and April, and they weren't here in January. So instead of taking that resource and putting it on a shelf, let's continue to use that to help people in their prayer life. Let's give more resources. One of the things I love to read, I love to listen to podcasts. Our staff loves to grow and read. And what we want to do is take the books that we read, the devotions, the Bible studies, whatever it is, and we want to tell you about them because so many of you are hungry. And this is what I know about hungry people. Hungry people always get fed. Listen, it is our job to show up before God hungry. And I promise you, hungry people always get fed. When I show up and I open the Bible and I'm not hungry, 100% of the time, God doesn't speak to me. Do you understand that? Like when I open the Bible and I don't want, I'm not hungry, I don't want more, I'm just distracted, I don't hear God. When I show up to church and I'm not hungry, and so when I hear people saying, I'm showing up to church and God spoke, it's because you showed up hungry. So keep showing up hungry. It's what I love about you. And every time you show up hungry, we're going to provide resources to help equip you. The last thing we want to do, and not, maybe not the last, but another thing is our residency program. Our residency program's growing. We, we've also kicked off a, an internship program, which is not just over the summer, but the school year. And so we want to continue. Pastor Kevin Monahan's doing a great job of developing young leaders for ministry to be able to send them all around the nation for ministry. And we're excited about that. We actually have a list of residents that want to get in. We have the finances to get in. We have one roadblock, and that roadblock is host homes. So we have plenty of people that want to do it. We have the teachers to do it. What we need to do is, is to provide them with host homes. So maybe you're here and you're thinking, man, you have an open heart and an open home. If that's you, we'd love for you to explore and pray about opening your home to host a resident for ministry. They're not crazy. They're not fraternity guys. They're not, they're not, they're, these are good, godly people that are just looking for a bed and a pillow. So you're like, man, reach, serve, develop. That's all this year. That seems like a lot. How are we going to do that? Well, Pastor Kevin mentioned last week this phrase that I love to live by. If you don't see it before you see it, you're never going to see it. If you don't see it before you see it, you're never going to see it. If you don't see yourself no longer addicted before you're no longer addicted, you're never going to see yourself no longer addicted. If you don't see your marriage healed and healthy and happy before it's healed and healthy, maybe you never see it. You got to see it before you see it or you're never going to see it. Let me tell you what I see for Journey. I see us becoming a church that's unapologetic in its efforts to introduce Jesus to those who don't know him. 
I see us continuing to be a loud voice for the hurting, the broken, and the marginalized, both locally and around the world. I see us developing leaders that turn spiritual infants into spiritual warriors. I see us becoming a factory for the church nationwide where we love ministry leaders well, we equip them to do ministry, and then we send them to churches around the nations, to gyms and bleachers around Central Florida. You see, we got a big vision, but we got a big God. Pastor John gave me this bucket last Friday night, but I had another buddy of mine give me something else last Friday night, a guy named Coach Bo. Coach Bo's been my prayer partner and just a spiritual encourager, and he gave me a pair of shoes. I'm not sure what all the murmuring's about. Some of y'all are like, do those fit? No, they're a little snug. (laughs) These are size 17 shoes. Let me just, let me just. Come on now. These are size 17 shoes. He gave these to me. And he said, Dustin, he said, uh, you've got big shoes to fill. I said, thanks, coach. Who invited you? Okay. (laughs) Appreciate it. But he said, that's not why I'm giving them to you. He said, I'm giving them to you as a reminder that we walk by faith, not by sight. And he said, the big shoes you have to fill, they're not Pastor John's. They're your heavenly father's. You are stepping in to your heavenly father's shoes. And it's not your job to fill them. It's his job to fill you. And as I was preparing for this message, I had this spiritual moment where I thought, man, this week I I put these on in my office and I'm like, I'm going to prepare for this message. So I'm walking around and reading. And do you know how hard it is to try to stay spiritual when you wear these? Like I was so, like they're like flippers, you know, like I... so distracted. Church, listen, I think God's got a big vision for journey. I do. I do. Um, But I think there's something more important. I think God has a big vision for you. I think he has a bigger vision than you could ever imagine for your, your home, for your business, for your family. And I pray Ephesians 3.20 over it. I pr- that's my prayer for y'all, that God would do immeasurably more than you could ever ask or imagine. And some of you are like, but you don't understand my circumstance. You don't understand how far gone we are. And I would just say, we walk by faith, not by sight. Those aren't Coach Bo's words. That's from the word of God, 2 Corinthians 5.7. We walk by faith, not by sight. Where do you need to walk by faith? Where has your soul been discouraged because you've been walking by sight? instead of faith. Peter was in the boat and he started getting out of the boat. And as he was getting out of the boat, he was walking by faith. Like he's literally walking on water. Why is he walking by faith? Because he, his eyes are doing a beeline for Jesus. And because of that, he's able to walk by faith. And then his sight is what messed him up. He saw the winds and the waves and he took his eyes off Jesus and he looked and that's the moment he sank. 
Some of you, you've been looking at the waves and the thunders and you're sinking in your life because you've taken your eyes off of Jesus. We walk by faith, not by sight. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, God, we come before you right now. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your kindness, your goodness. And God, we just pray, would you, would you help us to be a church that walks by faith and not by sight? And God, I pray for those here that are, that are hurting, that are wrestling, that are struggling. Would you be with them now? God, as we worship you, would you receive our sacrifice of praise? And God, would every step of the vision that we go after be about the name and the fame of Jesus and nobody and nothing else? In your son's name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the weekly podcast from Journey Christian Church. If this message was a blessing to you, be sure to click the follow button and share it with your family and friends. For more information about Journey Christian Church, please go to journeychristian.com dot com.